Joe, what do you call a can opener that doesn't work? A can't opener. That's great. Try again. Did you hear about the Italian chef who was sick? He just passed it away. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. And I'm Joe. And that is what passes for comedy here, folks. And I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry for so many things. Let's get right into it, Joe. Newsflash. Trump sucks. Yes, he does. But not everybody hates him. Some people love him. Like who? Putin. And the rubes. Well, you know what doesn't suck? Game shows? True. But I was talking about the New England Patriots. They are great. And by great, I mean the greatest team in the history of football. If the Patriots' bus was in the Indy 500, who would win? His hoodie driving the bus? The Pats. Now, what else doesn't suck? Gunnover Personnel Podcast? Wrong. Video games. Video games, my friend, are great. That is something I think we could all agree on. In fact, let's stop recording and go play video games right now. But first, Joe, do you have a parenting tip of the week? Sure. Don't have kids. They're soul-sucking leeches. Hey, not all kids are awful. I mean, our kids are awful, but not all kids are dream-squashing money pits. Do you have a parenting tip of the week? I sure do, and I think it's important to not forget... What is the difference between Batman and a shoplifter? What is it? That's the difference between Batman and a shoplifter? Batman can go shopping without robbing. Nah, gee, Mr. Whoopi, that was a shitty joke. (laughs) What kind of Chinese food does Batman always order? What is it? That's a kind of Chinese food. That Batman always orders? Kung Pao chicken! <laughs> that G, Mr. Whoopi, I want to hang myself. <laughs> Did you bust into the old, like, you know, Tennessee Tuxedo? Yeah, but the whole. Was that part of the, 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 the underdog hour, or was that part of. That was, I that's, think, that that's, was Tennessee Tuxedo and his friends. So that was his he, own thing. Yeah, that was separate from underdog. I think they had, like, Aesop's Fables, but maybe that was Underdog. Right. Peabody, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Sherman was under Bullwinkle, Rocky and Bullwinkle. But that was, of course, my attempt at doing uh, Tennessee Tuxedo and Chumley. Who is uh, uh, um, Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Nope. Don Knotts wasn't one of them? No, I didn't do the voice of Tennessee Tuxedo. He did not. No, that was Don Adams. Don Adams. That's what I mean, because in my head, I'm not thinking Don Knotts. I'm thinking Would you believe? Smart. That, that's... I'm getting my Don's mixed up. So, uh, but anyways, hey, I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. Welcome to Carnival Personnel Podcast. Um, I don't know. So it, it's April Fools. Trying to think of something different. I don't know if I could have thought of something lamer than having you know two like untalented children come in and read some muck. But but then you could decide to get your children to come in. <laughs> Well, well done, Joseph. Well done. But you know, I, I think it's true. I, you know, I, I, th- I think that you know, 
Trump sucks and the Pats are great and game shows are good. And no, I games. think game shows are good. You think they're a complete waste of time. Not a complete waste. No, actually, I, I, there are some. Yeah, there are some. Like, uh, funny you should ask. Isn't, isn't, isn't funny. And no one asked, but uh, mm-hmm. but there are some like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Je- Jeopardy. We watch Jeopardy a lot. Um, and oh, there was. I felt a little bit like Cliff Clavin the other day because all the categories, like one of them was um, all reference to like Marvel movies oh, and, right. and like this uh, <laughs> the dumb dumb category. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it, of course the 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 PhD struggled with some of the you know what I mean locker room slang you know hockey locker room slang they didn't get a lot of those but but it was uh it was still pretty good um we're gonna start we're, you know do the fat shaming really quick actually a fantastic week I'm on day six oh no day seven day six day six yeah Monday would be day one of the following week um haven't eaten any crap. Worked out every day, got to skate, feel really great, except for the fact I'm still a fat piece of crap that's 80 pounds overweight. Hey, you got to get yourself together, man. I, I really do. Um, anyways, uh, happy birthday to Batman. Today is, as we record this, is Batman's 80th birthday. It's this day 80 years ago. Detective Comics number 27 was released with, you know, The Dark Knight. I saw Kevin Conroy posted, do I look 80? <laughs> and then like some idiot says, like, you're 80? And then he had a reply like, no, I mean Batman. And then he left out the part, stupid asshole, because <laughs> he's a nice guy. The rubes, <laughs> you know. Um, and and we will. Poor planning on my part. Um, I would very much like to do a... 80th Batman birthday sideshow extravaganza and do, uh, what do you call it? Bat-splaining returns. <laughs> well, hurry up, because we only have two months left before this L- podcast expires. It, it does not expire. You might expire. I might expire. Well, I have to renew our Podbean annual subscription by the end of May. Deciding on whether or not I'm going to be the Betsy DeVos. <laughs> if I here, I'm Betsy DeVos and Carnival Personnel is the Special Olympics. And this is what I'm going to do with my budget. We're we're going to get into that. Um, we 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 try not to throw out the word cunt too much, but there's no other way. The only the only other possible way of describing that evil woman is maybe throwing flaming in front of the word. I saw somebody tweet: she could sell a yacht and fund the Special Olympics for the year, and still have three more yachts. Right. I'll just say it really quickly. I mean, you know, Blotus, you know, bragging and trying to, you know, again, take away health care and take away all pre-existing conditions and all this stuff. Defunding the Special Olympics, throwing kids in chain. I mean, it's it's hard to not say that the GOP as a collective whole is a bunch of soulless, lack of empathy, fuckheads. You know, and, and it's harder and harder to even have a civil conversation with anybody who says, yeah, I'm okay with them taking away people's health care. I'm okay with them stealing kids and putting them in cages. I'm okay with how – do, how do you defund the Special Olympics? How on a budget sheet do you – or on a computer screen do you 
you know, line item it out? Like, like how does your soul not just say, yeah, I can't do this? They justify it by saying, well, they're also funded by public or private contributions, which, by the way, I didn't realize until, uh, which makes me probably as qualified to run the Department of Education as Betty DeVos. I didn't realize until this moment or when this happened that the Special Olympics received government funding. I mean, it makes sense, but I had no idea that there was any government money going towards the Special Olympics, which is fine. I just, you know, it wasn't on my radar. I mean... You know, we usually talk about politics later in the show, uh, but seriously, when you when you just think how much control they have and how much how scary it is that they had they kept the house. I mean, truly, with two more years of stripping away shit from the EPA. I mean, I don't want to be dark and gloom all the time, but I mean, you know, all the stuff that doesn't make the news because you're you're focusing on the shiny thing of oh, look at this, you know, stripping away the funding of the Special Olympics as they are stacking and stacking the courts. They've they've appointed more lifetime federal judges than any other administration has. Period, and they're only you know a little over two years in. They the, don't brag about that number. They they know because they're trying like all the stuff. I mean, it's funny when he does his big signing of bills and he has all the paparazzi around, all the people around and, you know, sh- you know, makes a big thing of it. How many bills he signs in secret that he doesn't want? Like, you know, when he when he, you know, I think the only the only gun regulation that the Obama administration was able to get in was if you have a, a mental condition and I forget what it's called, but to the level you can't control your own finances, like you're not allowed to make decisions for yourself. You can't control your own, your own finances. You can't live like those, the people in that category. Yeah. They were able to pass a law saying, well, if you're not allowed legally mature or, or, or have the enough, you know, wherewithal to have your own checkbook, then you shouldn't have access to, you know, semi-automatic. If you can't drive to the gun show, you shouldn't also be able to buy a gun. But when he repealed that, it was signed in secret. You know what I mean? It was quietly signed. Anyway, uh-huh. let's get into the good stuff for a second. Finally saw Captain Marvel. How was she? It was great. Um, I w- oh, I w- so she's an it now. <laughs> I see. I'm sorry. Is this how we're going to address it? I meant the movie. I was talking the movie collectively. Oh. It is a fantastic movie. It is a fantastic movie, but we were talking about Captain Marvel. She is wonderful. <laughs> you, on the other hand, suck. Um, but you haven't seen it, and so I, for no, I'm quite sure anybody who is unfortunately listening to this who would see those kind of movies has already seen it but i'll be spoiler free for you except i will tell you um fucking marvel sucks and they're all a bunch of assholes and to make me tear up before a fucking movie starts you pieces of crap um you know the montage that they do, the, the Marvel logo comes in with all the different, you know, the characters, and then the Marvel rotates up and stuff like and the that. the flipping of the comic pages. The flipping of the comic pages, but then as it pulls back, the pages are flipping within the word Marvel, like the 3D Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, it's all Stan Lee. 
It's all pictures of Stan Lee from his different cameos in the different movies with the different actors, you know, with the different characters themselves and stuff like that. And it goes on for like a good 30, 40 seconds. They were like, watch this, Pixar. You want... The record for how quickly we can get a whole audience of grown men to weep openly in front of their significant others. Uh, my significant other was just as Niagara Falls as I am. Yeah, right. But then again, she's, you know, I mean, that's one of the attractions. She's one of these big movie loving, you know, nerds. Uh, so, you know, as this drops on April 1st, we are recording it still on the last day of um, March, which is a week. Tomorrow's the last day. Oh, right, right, right. Two two more days. But it drops on April 1st, so we still have, what do we got? About 36 hours left of Women's History Month. Uh, so let's give a big shout-out in women's history to the fine folks in the space program who for months were touting that they were going to have this week the first spacewalk with a whole a, a female crew only like two female astronauts were going to do a spacewalk re, you know swap out a battery do a repair on the space station it was the first time it was going to be you know it was two women but uh, all women spacewalk um the day before the spacewalk up in space they realized oh one of these spacesuits is only going to work on male astronauts. So. So, wait, they didn't have like a funnel right, to catch yeah. the pee? Or is it like one of those like rom coms or like, you know, female oriented comedies where they show up and they're about to enter the same, like they're about to exit and then they realize they're wearing the same spacesuit and they can't be seen in space right. wearing the same spacesuit? So oh my God. But, no. It was a full part on NASA's part, the poor planning to not have two um, spacesuits for the two female astronauts to do said spacewalk together. So, wait. Couldn't you just tape them down? Yeah, that, you know what? I don't know the science behind all this, but, uh, you know, so one of, them w- one of them went, you know, with a male counterpart to do it, and the other one stayed behind and make sandwiches, I s- assume. I can only assume that's what. You would. You would. <laughs> this just in, Jacques appointed president of NASA under the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah, I'm evil enough. Um, big uh, big date night last Saturday. Why don't you run down our big date night? Our big night out. I'm a little chewing here. What are you doing? <laughs> so, Jim, as you all know, because you all listen to the podcast regularly, you knew that last week, when we recorded last week's podcast. On last week's podcast. <laughs> Previously on Carnival Personnel, uh, we uh, decided to go, hey, let's, uh, let's do something with Jim, our friend. And uh, we went to go see Norm MacDonald live. And it was great. Really great. Um, it, the, I would say the jokes probably were not for mixed company, I would be safe to say, right? It's one of those things where you're... I didn't notice that the audience could have been mistaken for an audience going to a Rush concert, <laughs> right? Or a Trump rally. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The ethnic makeup was it was real awful lot of honkies, awful lot of honkies. Yeah, but of course, Norm Macdonald's a sixty-something-year-old white comedian. 
who uh, says some ribald things, um, some politically incorrect things. Uh, I loved it. I, you know, I, there were actually, I could see that you were nodding off. It was a long day for you. Um, and then towards the end, I was saying, "Wow, how much longer is this?" And he he wrapped up right at midnight because the union rules. You got to get out of there. Oh, the Wilbur and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and it, no, it was fun. You know, we went out to dinner with Jim, um, with the PF Tanks. But I will say, I was shocked and very thankful that I don't drink at I don't drink much, when I don't feel the need to drink at uh, at the Wilbur Theater because our friend Jim got one. What 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 even did he come back with? He came back like with a, a gin and tonic, something of that nature. Am, am I making it up? Or oh, no, Royal Crown. It was a, a Crown Royal and cola. And was it was it not six hundred and fourteen dollars? How much? <laughs> I don't want to exaggerate, but was it? It wasn't like a I mortgage think, payment. I think it was like twenty bucks or no, something. Was, Twenty-four, uh, really? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, whoa, dude, that's. And then he had two. No, I don't. Did, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Yes, um, and it's not a knock on the opening or or norm, but there was a couple times I did like my old man. It's like mm, I'm not really falling asleep, but I am resting my eyes. <laughs> you know? But it, but it, w- it was a lot of fun. You I'm, were all mixed up. I, I really <laughs> see. I'll be in a blender and it will um, inside. Uh, but yeah, I, I recommend going and seeing Norm. It's not for everybody. Well, it's too late now. For you, can live, you live in Boston. Screw you. Um, but it is, I mean, I will say it wasn't, it wasn't like over the top, your stomach hurt leaving, but it had a sustained level of steady comedy out. Um, he, he is one of the Kings of beating a dead horse. (laughs) (laughs) He was really fixated on, um, male ejaculate for some time. And I don't wanna I don't wanna rehash jokes. I'm not that kind of guy who But twenty minutes in of Yeah, pretty much. I mean it's and it's sprinkled. It's not like consolidated into one set. It's sprinkled throughout. As male ejaculate should be. <laughs> <laughs> um another big happenings this week before we get back into the dumpster fire that is our uh politics. Uh you had all following the Brexit um shenanigans going on over there. Across the pond? No, I just you know hear the headlines that Theresa May was voted down a third time because they couldn't come to a, a resolution as to how to fucking handle this Brexit thing. And then I saw a video of swarms of uh, English people in a public square, probably outside Buckingham Palace or whatever the fuck. And you see, you know, a mixture of the uh, the the Union Jack flags and then like the original English flags, the white flags with a red cross which i guess symbolizes a more traditional england pre-europe i don't know so what i've been following and honestly it seems a very much same you know with here again with the repeal of obamacare and for 10 years now we've been hearing repeal and replace but nobody on the other side has ever come with a replace obama Care is awful and it's destroying Western civilization. Agreed. So what is your plan that's better than that? And they've never come forward with one of those things. So the people, the conservatives that have really pushed Brexit, the I don't know of irony or hypocrisy or just stupidity, that's the side that is bucking the most because they're the ones that want it, you know, that pushed for Brexit. But at the same time, didn't realize 
you know, uh, actions have consequences. It's like, oh, we want this Brexit to be great for England, be damned to everybody else, and have zero consequences for us or our constituents. <laughs> Fun fact, it doesn't work that way. So they're the ones that keep voting against Theresa May's own party. You know, she's from the Conservative Party. It's her party that keeps voting down their own plan. So they're like, no, we, we you know, because again, they wanted a one-sided deal and doesn't doesn't work that way. And it's just like no compromise, all or nothing, our way or the highway. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, um, they want a complete severance from Europe and then be like basically isolationists. Well, it's one of those things like, you know, when when you know, when Blotus, you know, with his trade wars themselves, and he's like, we're going to have all these tariffs on Chinese goods coming here. Okay. That means they're going to put tariffs on our stuff going over there. I mean, that that's what he was pissed about with, uh, you know, with, with Canada. That was the big, you know, with him and J- Justin Trudeau, like big brush up, like was that four or five months ago, is that they wanted to impose or they did impose a bunch of tariffs on Canadian imports, and when Canada said, okay, well, you know, it's you know, good for the goose, you know, and and imposed tariffs, it's like, that's when Blotus lost his mind, and it's the same thing. You know, when, uh, when we had to give all these farmers handouts because they couldn't export their goods because the tariffs on their goods were so great, you know, going to China and other places, and, and that's, you know, that's one of those things, like, Blotus just wanted to, you know, stick up for America and have tariffs on stuff coming in here, but was aghast at the thought that other countries would retaliate. And so that's... They stole his idea. That, right. Well, it is what it is. But it's funny to find out that, you know, yeah, other conservatives are a bunch of fuckheads over there. And it was one of those things where they were better organized. Uh, they got out the vote. You know, the old the old white Fox News watchers, or actually it's Sky News in, in, in the UK, you know, they got out to vote for Brexit. And like we've joked about and talked about, the very next day, like the three most Googled things in the world were, what is Brexit and how do I vote in Brexit? And Can I change my vote? Can I change my vote? Those are the three biggest things. Because, and it's one of those things. I think a lot of people, you know, when, when, a, when a candidate like a bloaters comes around and is like, he's going to shake things up and like doing all these things it's not that people maybe wanted him but you know when people vote for a third party because you know they want to send a message obviously candidate a or b is going to win so i'll vote for the green party or this party just to send a message that you know uh, and i think that would happen and they've actually tried several times to get a second vote to not have brexit and you know parliament and, and Theresa may have said no but they keep having to go back to the head of the European Union and say, hey, can we have an extension on the extension of the extension? And, there, and, and each time there's more compromise. It's like, okay, we're willing to work with you a little more, but in exchange for X, in exchange for Y. It's like some fucking drunk who only have a party. <laughs> Just like, hey, man, I, fuck your fucking party, man. Fuck your free food and fuck your fucking booze. I'm out of here. As soon as I finish this dip, I am leaving. Man, you know what? I don't care if you're watching the game right now. I'm going to sit on this couch and finish the game. And then when I'm done... I'm going to make some phone calls. Uh, yeah, <laughs> on your phone. And then I'm out of here. you going to finish that? <laughs> uh, so let's, let, let, let's get into the, the fuckheaderness, and, and, but not spend too, too much time. 
So as we talked last week, the Mueller report came out, and as we record, as we recorded, a four-page summary of the report was given out by Barr, the Attorney General. Um, we had no idea how long the actual Mueller report was or what it said. It's like here's my synopsis of it. Um, Trump is great. There was no collusion, and he's totally not not exonerated. And so, you know, it was a good week for those clusterfucks. Here's a couple of the problems that aren't going away. Uh, we all remember, and by we, I mean me, because I dwell on this thing. Barr got his attorney general job by unsolicited writing an 18-page letter to Blotus and then going on Fox News to make sure he got the letter and read it, in which he said, and I'm dead serious, his whole premise to that letter was he doesn't believe that legally a sitting president can be charged with obstruction. So, fun, fun fact, that's who Bloat is picked to be. And when his summary comes out and says, oh, nope, I looked at it, there's no obstruction here. Uh, and it is. It's like, he, he he's the healthiest president ever, but you can't see his results. He's the smartest president ever, but we're not going to let you see the grades. He did not obstruct justice in any way. Even if he did, he couldn't be charged. But you know what? You're not going to get to see the report. What's funny about this is that it's a 400-page report. Um, I know you're not a, not a big reader. Uh, how long does it take you to read? How long do you think it would take an average or an avid, smart person to read 400 pages? My sister is a ferocious reader. I say if she went out on her hammock on a nice spring day, she could power through it. She could probably get through it in a, in a full 8, 10, 10, 12-hour day. But this, is, this, isn't, this isn't a Harlequin romance novel. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's a lot of information. It's a lot of deposition. It's something that would have to be read over and reread over, cross-examined. My point, my point is, is that how quickly did that four-page summary come through? Right. And like, like less than a day. And... You know, and again... And of course, I understand the fucking bar probably wasn't the only one who read the report, even though apparently that's supposedly what... Supposedly, right. You know? He, but I'm sure he, he had might his, have had AIDS go through it. Ew. Anyways. <laughs> but, but, you know, and this is what... This is honestly why I think my team is more fair. Um, you don't see Fox News talking about... And, and, and you know, Rich Mano and some other shows have broken down... The Ken Starr report, you know, the, the investigation of Clinton, the day that report came out... It was published. It wasn't just published. They showed up, and, and then they had the archival footage. Vans. It took, like, huge vans, because it was a few years. Not only did they say... They didn't show up and say... Ken Starr didn't show up and say, here's my report on it. They showed up and says, here's my report on it, and here's every piece of evidence that's referenced in that. So it didn't just say, you know, here's the table of conference and, and, and what, what do you call the thing at the back of the book? The, the index. Know, the index. You know, they didn't say, well, here, go to your local library and look these things up. It honestly was truckloads. And here's the House leading Democrat. Here's the House leading you know, Republican, unredacted, here it is. You paid for the investigation, the American people did, and the intelligence with the judicial committee, hard work for judicial me to say. Judicial system. For me to say. Uh, but they said, here, my job, you know, the special counsel's job is to go through the information, 
It is your job to say what what this information, and of course, it did lead to impeachment. Um, but that's the thing. It's like Blotus, who has been saying, oh, release it all along. Yeah, it's funny that if he's saying it should be released and everybody else, you know, but that's one thing. It's like, and in, in Barr finally came out yesterday and said, no, that's not going to happen. The word was, well, it's going to go to the White House first to make sure that there's no classified stuff that they don't want redacted. So the target of the investigation is going to get to determine, you know, what you're going to see. And he said, no, that's not going to happen, but it is going to be you know, pick through and just make sure that, uh, here's the thing, in Watergate and other investigations, that's never happened. It's never, we are, as much as we joke about it, and though it's not even funny, we are in a banana republic. We are, if if this was an investigation that was happening in the Philippines, if this was an investigation happening in North Korea, you know what I mean, or or Russia, if, if Putin was under investigation, this is the kind of banana republic that you would shit show that you would expect to see. Mm-hmm. So, but and I don't like the close of Banana Republic. I just want to be flat out. <laughs> Did you see Adam Shift? So, not only were the Republicans rejoicing, they are now calling for investigation of the investigation and publicly said Adam Shift shouldn't just step down and resign, that he should be in an investigation for even allowing this investigation to move forward. To which there was a hearing. Because there's still investigations. It's like, is he under control of Russia? Here's all, here's all the evidence. And he, there was a hearing in which you know, one of the Republicans stood up and accused him of you know, launching this witch hunt, all this stuff, and he should recuse himself and he should be arrested. And he just went down the list. It's like, if you think it's okay that you – know, and every intelligent agency has put out their proof that Russia, Russia – Hack this election. If you're okay with that, I'm not. If you're okay that Jared Kushner went to the Russian embassy in an attempt to establish a back channel line of communication, which is a fact, they've not denied that. If you think that's okay, that you know that the you know the son-in-law of the president is trying to have a back channel and have the facility at, and he just went down the list of like, not stuff that any, no one's ever argued that Kushner did that. No one's argued that Nunes is midnight run to the white house with the investigation material. He wasn't supposed to. Everybody acknowledges except one person, even, even the Lindsey Graham's acknowledge. Yes. Russia 100%. And he just went down the list and goes, yeah, you know? So anyways, it's, it's just a clusterfuck. It is scary. Um, and, I feel better this week than last week because I don't think that that was the end. I think that was the, you know, the end of the beginning of it. So, you know. I don't know. I don't think we're ever going to Honestly, I don't think we're going to see this report in any clear do, way. D- does Mueller get subpoenaed, come in, and say what's in it? By whom? The, 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 the Democrats? And yeah, the, they, and could, they, they, they said they will subpoena people <clears throat> who wrote the report. Maybe I don't know. I, don't ask me how the government works. I'm just a podcast guy. Hardly, not even that. So we uh, we already touched on it. It's already on the list. Fuck you, Betsy DeVos. Uh, horrible person. I hope um, I hope horrible things happen to you. The leeches. And then this is where, if you watch Arrested Development, you would hear Ron Howard go, you know, in a voiceover. It didn't. 
<laughs> I hope bad things happen to you. They didn't. She nope. sails off into the sunset, rich beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, and her brother. Yeah, I'm not even going down that road. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to something more fun and exciting. AIDS? I don't know where we're going with this. How about the defunct sponsor of the week? Okay. This Lewis Child one. I know. Frosty-O's. Sorry, Baldy. Frosty-O's are for breakfast. Frosty-rific snacking, too. Shaped like sugar frosty donuts. Frosty-O's. All right. Now on to sport. Uh, you know, some, uh, some, uh, some interesting news. I guess Chris Evans... A couple of years ago was asked and just recently asked this past week if he would play Tom Brady in a biopic about Brady. And to which Chris Evans said uh, flat out, like, yeah, is he still a Trump supporter? And, and, and then the people laughing and Chris Evans said, look, a couple of years ago, I would twist myself into a pretzel like, well, you know, he... I, of course, I don't like him, but, you know, I didn't have a relationship, and Tom had a relationship beforehand, and Kraft was friends with him, and, you know, maybe it's this, and it's like, it's it, buddy, and blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, if after two years of this, he hasn't been, you know, woken up, if he would still support somebody like this, then no, I, I'd have no interest in it, you know, uh, and I was, and, and some people were like, wow, you know, with, with, you know, Endgame coming out, is that going to offend, I, I don't. First of all, he's done. Yeah. He, he's done with that. He doesn't give a shit. You know, and really, do you think anybody who wasn't going... I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah. I mean, you follow that entire cast on, on Twitter, you know, like Mark Ruffalo and stuff like that. Many of them are very, very outspoken about, like, you know, the political landscape and, and where they fail. So if this comes as a shock to you, then, uh, well... <laughs> Very articulate. You sound like me over there. <laughs> Not as sexy. Uh, the Bruins are kicking ass. Playoffs about to start. Really excited, except for the fact that second round. And I hate to say that. It's like, oh, second round. Like, there's no, you know, there's no shitty teams that make the playoffs anymore. There's, you know, there's 31 NHL teams. 16 make the playoffs. So barely over half the league. And unlike baseball. Um, which we'll talk about in a second. But unlike baseball, there isn't any teams in the NHL that aren't trying to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like there's no teams like football, yeah, you'll have a couple teams that, you know, are gonna be three and thirteen, four and twelve, who might hope to be three and thirteen and not four and twelve, so they can get a great quarterback coming out. But there are some there's some people now complaining about baseball where there's only five teams in the American League. Truly, there's only five teams in the American League that are putting up any kind of effort to win games at all. Um, and I get the small market. And you can't say that the small market teams aren't trying because some of the biggest contracts, like we talked about this year, you know, San Diego, uh, you know, signed one of the biggest contracts. But there's some players out there who are voicing concern that, yeah, Major League Baseball has a problem. They're happy there's no salary cap so they can sign these half a billion dollar 10-year deals. But on the other hand, there's no floor. There's no, well, you have to at least spend $100 million. You don't have to spend $200 million like the Red Sox do, but you can't spend $14 rollout. I mean, last year, I want to say in a 162-game season, I'd have to look this up, Baltimore was out of first place. By 60 games. 
honestly, by the middle end of June, they were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. How the hell do you buy season tickets to a team like, you know, uh, um, you know, the Blue Jays or them? You go down the list. You, you kind of look at these teams as local monopolies. So they're the only game in town. If you want to be a sports, if you want to be a Red, uh, like a, a baseball fan, and you live in Boston, and the, say the Red Sox were the Red Sox of like, oh God, the early '80s. You know, like the real, like or like maybe like late eighties, mid nine, you know, early mid nineties or something like that. Mid nineties, yeah, like the really kind of blase shit kind of lineups. You're still going because it's fucking Fenway, and probably, you know, the prices might go down a little bit, but not so much where they're gonna lose money. So they kind of have a stranglehold on the market because you know there's really no company unless I don't know. It, do you, do you see like maybe like L A for example? L A's Got? Do they all? Until recently, have they been selling out? Yeah, Dodger no, Stadium? no, no, not selling out. But the Dodgers have. I mean, but the, the Dodgers are one of the teams that spend money. Even the Angels with Trout spend money. But there are teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, who they they will them the Tampa Bay. I mean, the Red Sox and Yankees. Well, that's the thing. Last year, the Yankees finished eight games behind the Red Sox. Winning 101 games. I mean, they were like the third best team in baseball. And them and the Red Sox were amazing. But they're also in a division with three teams who truly don't give a fuck. The Blue Jays, the Devil Rays, you know, and Baltimore. Between those three teams, like they, you know, it it is. It's just, I mean, baseball has a lot of problems. And I think one of them is there's, I can't say half the teams in the league, but at least... A third to two-fifths of the teams in the league just don't give a fuck. They're in it for the TV money, and that's it. What's the perfect world for a baseball organization? Like, how, there's always going to be some gripe about baseball, whether it's they're, they're spending way too much money or they're not spending enough money or they don't, you know, they're not, they're, they're not in it for the, the long haul or, you know, these teams move around too much or, you know, like there's, like, what's, what's, what's perfection? Like, everybody spends the exact same amount of money and... What? And it has equal amount of The NFL. Talent. The, uh, literally, the NFL is the best. The only problem, and it's an anomaly, and, and no, Biff, this doesn't count as Patriots talk, but the reason people hate the Patriots, the reason the other owners hate the Patriots, the reason that, uh, that the league offices hate the Patriots, the way the salary cap and free agency is set up Everybody has a chance to go from worst to first. And it's almost true. Do you realize, like, last two years ago when the, Reds, uh, when the Patriots beat, beat Atlanta and then went back to the Super Bowl against the Eagles, they were possibly the first team in a decade to repeat the Super Bowl. And the last team to do it was the 2004 Patriot team. Nobody since all these new rules and new salary cap, you know, when Dallas won a couple Super Bowls or again, when the 49ers, when the great teams before the last two CBAs came out and stuff like that, you know, free agency wasn't close to what it was or the salary cap is. And it's a real salary cap in the NFL and other leagues like in basketball. I know I'm boring some people, but like in basketball, you can 
re-sign. You have a salary cap, but you can re-sign your own players for unlimited amounts of money, and it doesn't count against the cap. Or if you want to go out like Golden State Warrior and sign a whole shitload of great players and go over the cap, you can pay a luxury tax. So you pay a tax for spending past the salary cap. And the NFL, it's a hard cap. You can't do it. And that's one of the things. It's like you're not supposed to be able to repeat back to back to back. And and you go through it. You know, this year was a great year for for the NFL. You know, um, 12 teams make the playoffs. There was like seven teams or eight teams that made the playoffs this year that didn't make the, te- the playoffs last year. And there were some teams that, you know, like two years ago, Buffalo made it. This year, Buffalo, you know, didn't get a couple, you know, breaks. You go down the list. But teams like Buffalo, you know, with Jim Kelly, can be competitive. Uh, small market teams like Green Bay can be competitive. Small market teams like San Diego you know, you don't think the schedule has anything to do with it? I mean, you're talking about baseball and football. You know, eighteen. You got what? Uh, like eight home games, right? In the year, like eight, eight versus eighty-two. No, but, 80 but, but, but I'm talking about it's like the like the level of competition and the fact that your team can win it all. That mm-hmm. that that you. I mean, honestly, it it, it, it you yeah. can go like you know. Uh, like Andrew Luck, if, I hate to say this, if Andrew Luck had a great year, has a great year coming up, Indianapolis could make the playoffs. They could, you know, they could go far into the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're you know, but then again, honestly, and I'm not mocking or saying this, the Jets have a really good young quarterback. If they have good coaching, I mean, there's a few things that could fall in place. The Jets could be a playoff team. They could be a doormat the last few years. They could be a playoff. And baseball, the Red Sox and Yankee, you can, you know, you know, April 1st, you can sit down here and say, these are the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Like, you know, are the Yankees going to be, are they going to be in first place and the Red Sox a wild card? But you know the Yankees are going to be It's in. a slow death is what you're saying. And uh, and it's probably, like I said, it, it may be because of the schedule. Like the long, I mean, there's a lot of fucking games. There's a lot of, t- there's, there's really like a lot of time to just to watch it fall apart. Um, so, I don't know. You know, it's, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, and I want to get off sports. Okay. Um, so that will bring us to my favorite part of the week, the random video game review of the week, unless you have some video news. Nope. (laughs) Um, I wish I listened to our podcast more. You did mention the PAX East convention that just... Oh, I know. I mentioned it to you in private, not on air. Oh, wasn't it? Okay. And I'm uh, I'm a little bummed that I didn't plan to go to that. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's all about new gaming. It's it used to be kind of an industry event, and now it's more of a public event. They do have like video game personalities making uh, appearances. It's a big big to do in Boston. But yeah, this weekend PAX East is in that's. Every year, PAX East is in Boston. It's kind of like San Diego Comic Con, um, and I don't know where PAX West is. I, I'm, I'm I'm not that much of a nerd, but um, yeah, there's a, there's going to be some. Although I did see somebody tweet out a picture from PAX East saying, "Oh, maybe was it on Touch? Oh, no, it was Toucher and Rich." The way they said when you you know. This is proof of when you know you've run out of ideas for video games. And it was a screen grab for the new game coming out called Bus Simulator. But there is a train simulator. And train simulation games were are humongously popular in like Japan and stuff. And they've been like that for the 80s. 
through today. Uh, and there's like a niche market for train simulation, like train enthusiasts who want to like, you know, build their own railroad tracks and, 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 and put together. It's like model train sets, but virtually. Bus simulation, though, um, that would be awesome. I mean, <laughs> if we get train simulation, I want, you don't know about Desert Bus. No. Desert Bus is a mini, it's a mini game inside a Penn and Teller Sega CD game. Uh, and I don't even remember if the Sega CD game came out or maybe it came out on another platform, but in the 90s when full motion video was making its way into video games where you can actually put video clips of people interacting in front of a green screen in a 3D environment, Penn and Teller did a video game. And one of the mini games was called Desert Bus. And Desert Bus is literally you're in the driver's seat of a tour bus that has to drive through the desert from I, I you know somewhere like in like Texas for example say all the way to Nevada like to Las Vegas and you're just on a desert road and you there's nothing going on like you literally have all it's a straight road there's no scenery maybe like a, a tumbleweed here and there maybe a sign um, but you but you st you have to pay it in order to beat the game you have to get all the way to your destination through the desert road but it's not like you can just like sit there and watch it because the bus will start to veer off to the side. So you have to like constantly, and it takes, I think it's done in real time. So I think it's like an eight hour <laughs> game. That's awful. And then the, it, and I say beat the game, you get to the destination and then you have to turn around. Oh. Um, and if you like, like the, if you don't, um, if you drive too fast, like the engine will overheat and then you'll have to wait for a tow truck. <laughs> like it's really, and this is like, you know, um, pre-open world type games. You know, this is like early 90s. That does sound painful. And it, Do you yeah. have it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can... I think there are uh, like eight-hour-long videos on YouTube where you can watch somebody play Desert Bus by Penn & Teller. Uh, anyway, it's part of like another... I'm going to look that up. Yeah, look up Desert Bus, and it's just... It's stupid. Like, you, there's no way you could literally sit through it, but just the idea that... Yeah. Is that a challenge? <laughs> uh, yeah. I challenge thee. So... Is Jacques has pulled a game off of the Nintendo Entertainment System shelf, and it looks like he pulled off a game that is is it, oh is it the three pack of Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt World Class Track? <laughs> Look <meet>? at you! <laughs> yep, this is what <clears throat> this this is the pack in the, that came with the the power set, which was the Nintendo Entertainment System plus the Zapper Gun. Plus, you know, two controllers. Plus the power pad, which we talked about last week. We did. Uh, it's that uh, peripheral where you plug it in and uh, you lay out this sort of like three by three mat with dots on one side. And th th there's like a two different patterns for two different types of games. Um, and it didn't work very well. It worked. Eh. And it was one of those, well... Sure, Jimmy's a fat ass playing games all day, but at least he's getting some exercise. Yes, at least that that rumbling noise that you constantly hear <laughs> in the um, room above you as you're trying to watch your stories, that's Jimmy playing on the power pad. So this game has all three, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, World Class Track Meet, and then you were the one, speaking of Duck Hunt, who sent me 
was it a, 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 a Detroit game? I think it was a Minnesota Wild, maybe. I'll have to look I, up. I thought it was Detroit. Maybe it was Detroit. I thought it was a Red Wings It wasn't a Red Wings game. We can look game. it up. I don't think it was. I don't okay. think, it, you know. Maybe maybe you're right. But they um, during a uh, uh, an NHL game, what was it like? between po- Post-game celebration. Oh, it was a post-game celebration. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden... You hear the theme song to Duck Hunt play from the Nintendo game. Lights go dark. Lights go dark. And then on the Jumbotron uh, above the ice, you see the beginnings of Duck Hunt. And then it cuts to the, 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 the box. And, um, and the and players are just like using their sticks as guns to shoot ducks out of the air. And then literal ducks fall out of the air uh, onto the ice. And, um, which I don't know if PETA had uh, chimed in about that yet. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to ruin that, uh, but that was that was interesting. Uh, so yeah, Duck Hunt is alive and well. Uh, World class track me will probably not receive that Wait, kind of but adulation. First, but first of all, um, my my little guys are excited because isn't isn't the dog or isn't one of the, one of those characters in Smash, Smash Brothers? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of dogs and video games, if you like a little, if you like useless stuff on Twitter, which do I? <laughs> there's a uh, an account called "Can I Pet This?" Can I pet the dog? And it's just a series of video games in which dogs appear, and they answer the question, "Can you pet the dog in the game?" You know, so well, like, let me answer for Resident Evil games. No, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, uh, like Wolfenstein, yeah, you know, which had like you know the uh, the Nazi terror dogs. Uh, no, you cannot pet the dog. But then there are other games like. Uh, Nintendogs, um, lots of fun stuff. So if you like dogs and you like video games and you like Twitter and you like wasting your valuable, precious time on this one life on Earth, follow Can I Pet the Dog on Twitter. Well, it sounds like a website or a Twitter page that isn't too distracting, so I could be doing Penn and Teller's bus drive <laughs> simulator, and while on a straight line, I could glance over, you know what I mean? I mean, I know you're not supposed to text and read Twitter and drive, but I'm guessing, you know, I could probably, you know, double dip and really not waste that much time. You could play Desert Bus and Resident Evil at the same time. <laughs> uh, what are you watching, Joe? Um... Just wrapped up season five of Cheers. We said goodbye to Diane Chambers. Oh, she lasted five years. I thought she lasted earlier. Okay. Yeah, five years. And it was a weird, like, kind of a, felt like a rush season. And, like, I under, at the beginning, I, I felt bad about not liking the Diane Chambers character. And then towards the end of her run, I realized, oh, I'm supposed to find her insufferable because she is insufferable. Right. Um, she's del- delusional. Uh, uh, an artistic wannabe. I mean, that's why Frazier was insufferable. Well, he, he was, was a pompous, pompous ass, yeah. but he had some likability to him. Right. You know, uh, where Diane was just, yeah. Yeah. Bye. Right. I mean, you know, she would set up a situation where Sam would have to capitulate and just sort of like go along with it. And then all of a sudden at the last minute, she'd change her mind and pull the rug out from under her. And it's like, you know, he, he would, you know, lose his, lose his shit. Um, yeah, like there was the second to last episode or third to last episode of her run, she bought a house for them. And, um, you know, he, he didn't tell Sam that she bought the house. But then he decided to visit the house and he grew to like the house and thought, yeah, we can make this a home. 
And this is before they're even married. And the elderly couple that owned the home uh, before them, who had lived in the house for 40 years, were like having kind of a tearful goodbye to the home because they had all these fond memories of having Christmases with their family. And Diane's listening to this, and all of a sudden they leave, and she's like, I can't live in this house one second more. And, you know, Sam's floored. And then he decides, uh, well, wait a minute. If um, you're so guilty, oh, actually, Fraser says, if you're so guilty about taking the the last Christmas away, from this old couple, why don't you give them a Christmas with their family one last time? And this is like mid-May when it's happening. So they have the whole family over, you know, it's sweltering heat. Uh, Sam's in a, you know, a, a Santa suit and, uh, you know, uh, um, and uh, she's, uh, she just, she still can't, you know, bring herself to like give up having them come over for like Easter and Thanksgiving and, and he, you know, cracks and, Finally, uh, they they ended all, but she, uh, she yeah, she left the show and um, because she finally got her book published, and uh, I'm telling you this because you know I'm seeing this it, for the it's very been, it's first been a long time. time. I forgot that she was, was working on the book. Yeah, she well, she had, remember because that's how old the show was. It came out when people read books. <laughs> yeah, she she wrote a book in '82, and by '87, when she, her run ended, she got an opportunity to publish her book. And she said to Sam, well, you know, Sam called off the wedding saying, you know, you have to go on and take your shot. And I'm not going to let you throw your dreams away because, you know, we're, you want us to be together. It's like, it's not good for you. And so she uh, goes off to finish her book. And I think she had to go like to England or some shit. <clears throat> and um, she's like, I'll be back in six months. And he's just like, well, so long, you know, so long, Diane, because... You don't know if that's the case, and of course it was not. You never. I don't think. Maybe she did return one. I don't final, think she did. She didn't do like a one final. I don't, th- I don't think yeah. she did. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Rebecca Howe is uh, starting off season six, and hey, Kirstie Alley, quite the looker back then. Thirty years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, for a Scientologist. Yeah, well, you know, well, okay, <laughs> you know how ugly those Scientologists are, like know. Tom Cruise Ugh. or his daughter. That was a big story this week. No. Oh. Her daughter is full blown out there with the mega foreign for Scientology, pro Scientology. All right, and I don't care. Um, one thing I oh, and one thing I do want to mention that I, we should be watching, and we're not. Conan twenty five. Do you know about this? I saw a clip of of Andy Richter at Wallapalooza, or maybe like maybe it was maybe because because this is the 50th year of Woodstock. I think it was maybe the 25th anniversary of Woodstock. Oh uh, yeah, right. It was like Woodstock '99, and, 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 and it was just a montage of Andy going around eating people's food because he was like, "It's everybody's here is so friendly. You can just walk up to people, and no matter what people had, it's like, hey, that pretzel looks good. Can I can I have a bite?" And it's just him walking around the fairground talking to all kinds of different people, including. Like talking to the, he was backstage with some of the bands and stuff like that. Just at, not like, oh, I see craft services over at that table. Can I go help myself to a Danish? It's like, as people are eating things, it's like, can I write that? Yeah, you're talking about an old late night remote. Right. Which is what this is. So Conan's team, Team Coco, apparently now made available 350 remotes. Available for just you know streaming on their website teamcoco.com slash conan twenty five, and it's got pretty much 
like cherry picked like their their best remotes. Like they've done probably more than three hundred and fifty remotes, but there's the you know Conan's favorite all time remote, which was the old timey baseball game that he got to participate in. Uh, then I, I, I'm just curious to see, but then he also said there are, there are remotes that I have not seen the light of day since. NBC, like since the old late night days. Right. Was there some kind of like legal thing, like re- rights reverted back after 20 some years or something? I, I, maybe, maybe they could have, right. They could have just not, they could have just bought the rights out from under them. Uh, I think Broadway Video, I thought Broadway Video owned all that. Like that was all, you know, Lauren Michaels ownership, I thought. Well, either way, the world is a better place. Right. And this is sort of like the beginning of future uh, old late night shows. Uh, offerings that could be available um, be made available online so we should be watching that instead of doing this stupid show so what's <laughs> what, <laughs> like the boys had said earlier um so also uh while you're living in the past watching cheers episodes my uh, my pick for this week wayne's world um, party on Wayne party on Garth uh, the boys stumbled upon it like we were on like Amazon Prime like looking for something and they're like what's that I'm like oh it's Wayne's World it's it's, it's it's pretty funny and they were just watching the first few minutes and I'm like yeah I'm in I'm in you know of course. Um, Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 are great movies they really are you know um, it's it's really it's really a fun it's fun. It's it's just fun. It's fantastic. Uh, somewhere it's dated and somewhere it's not dated. But I love how like you know all like the little parts and stuff like that are from bit actors that we love and stuff like that. Yeah, there's uh, um, Chris Farley plays the roadie. Uh, Brian Duell Murray is in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forget the other guy who's in it. That- Didn't they bring in like a, a more? Oh, they brought in um, um, Charlton Heston. Right, right, because they they had like a regular like kind of character actor playing the gas station attendant, and Wayne stops the movie. He's like, you know what? I don't think he's working out. Let's bring in somebody with a little bit more gravitas, <laughs> and they bring in Charlton Heston to read the line, like, and he kills it. You know, just kills it. Uh, it, it is. It's 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 a fun, fun movie. I highly recommend taking a couple hours out and watching it. And Tia Carrere, easy on the eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was a big role, but I, she didn't go on to be a huge star. Yeah, like she didn't parlay because she had the, the hit, the remake Ballroom Blitz off of this, and that was play, got airplay on MTV. And then the, obviously, the big, big breakout moment from Wayne's World was the Bohemian Rhapsody bit when they're in the car. And as you as you saw, I mean, the guys from Queen, uh, you know, getting. I mean, that's that's why they put Michael Myers in the movie. That's why they had him up on stage when they got the Academy Award. They truly credit that scene for kind of relaunching. You know, the shot in the arm. Yeah, because they were pretty much. You know, after uh, Freddie died, and you didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. I did. Oh, you did. Yeah. I mean, when Mike Myers is like talking about it and, and point blank, remember what? How did the line go? Um, when they're playing Bohemian Rhapsody for. Mike Myers' character, who's like a record executive, like their first record executive that they're working with, he poo-poos it and says, this is not a kind of song that kids are going to be banging their heads to and listening to in their cars. Classic. It was yeah. it was awesome. I, uh, the boys liked it. I liked it. Um, and then but- Rob Lowe, you know, he was the bad guy in part two. No, he's the bad guy in part one. Oh, okay. You know, and, and you know, it's tough because... 
because I know Rob Lowe's politics. I'm like, yeah. Why? He's. I thought he was. A, he's oh a, no, he just had like a, this big one man show in D.C. and he's like all these pictures of like you know S- you know Huckleberry Sanders like. You know, taking pictures with him backstage and stuff like oh. that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. oh yeah, he had that tear. He had the, he went on that like rant years ago on Bill Maher. I remember. Yeah. I mean, you know, old rich. Well, I mean, it's like you know, there's not a lot of them like him and like Woods. What's this? James, oh, James Woods, Woods and stuff like that. Right. This guy was going to be a couple fuckers, but he's great in it. He's great, and he's great in Tommy Boy. Yeah, he's great in Tommy Boy. Because he gets his fucking ass kicked. And he's such a douchebag. Yeah. Such a douchebag. Yeah. So by next week, I'm guessing next week's pick will be Wayne's World 2 for me. Uh, parenting tip. Um, I would say parenting tip. Well, actually, your parenting tip was, <laughs> to me, was um, make, make sure that your kids... Make more atheist friends so that you don't have to attend bar mitzvahs and christenings and all, I mean, not christenings, but, you know, all these sorts of ritual um, birthday events. Yeah, that's pretty good advice, right? Not bad. Not yeah, bad. All right. Although I did like, I, I did like attending the bar mitzvah. I, I don't mind going to a one bar mitzvah every five years or so for myself. I mean, not that I have anything against that particular ceremony. It's just that, like... It's it's nice to see how other religions besides my own. I was brought up Catholic, and I'm nothing now. I'm a nothing. I'm a zero. Um, but it's nice to see how other religions do their thing. You know, once like I don't need to be there every week or every like to have to do that over and over and over again would be maddening. No, I mean I I'm done. Like like I've been to seven or eight bar mitzvahs. Dozen christenings, dozen you know weddings, communions, and Catholic church and, yeah. communions, and all. Yeah, so no, no I was joking with it. I'm like, yeah, let's. My parenting tip should be this. Um, so I, I'm trying to figure out how to spin this into a parenting tip. Um, I'm going to tell a little story about my little bastards this week. Um, the little guy has to read 20 minutes a night. He's eight, second grade. Has to read 20 minutes a night and write. A two-line synopsis of what he read. And he has a little form that he has to fill out. You gotta put the name of the book and the author and you know, write your two lines about it. So I sent him upstairs. It's like, you know, there's stuff going on downstairs. It's like, dude, just just get it done. Go upstairs, do your reading, come back. He comes back a little over 20 minutes later, hands me the sheet. He uh he went upstairs and he took his older brother's journal slash diary, read that for 20 <laughs> minutes, and then wrote a synopsis on oh. it. And uh, it was such, both management management was home, and we were both looking at each other, don't laugh, don't laugh. It is hysterical. It is creative as all hell. He did the assignment, you know, so, uh, but... It wasn't a published work. Let's be honest. <laughs> was there an ISBN code? In- there, there, there was not. Um, and he knew it was like... And so he did his work, and honestly, that's... 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 That's great A trolling of his older brother at the same time. But my parenting tip is, you know... Yeah, be specific. Be specific. <laughs> And if you you have to be able to find the book on Amazon, let's just put I, it you know what? Yeah, okay. Thank you, Joe. Good Thank starting you. off point. Um, so so that would be my parenting tip of the week. So uh, let's let's run down the show recap. Um, whether we're going to see the Mullen investigation, um, 
the Pats are great, even though there's um, there's no absolutely on the website only one coach on the defensive side of the ball, Steve Belichick, and he's like a positional coach, special teams coach. Anyways, mm-hmm. well, the Pats are still great. Video games are great, and it's Batman's birthday. Happy birthday, Batman! So I honestly think I'm going to probably bust out the the PS3 tonight and play Ooh. Arkham Asylum. You don't have the remake on PS4. I think I might, but I'll let the little guys have like the PS4 and, and they can do that. And I, I was thinking the other day, it's like, where do I rank the games? And I think because Arkham Asylum was the first, you know what I mean, the first game that really got me into video game playing ten years ago. You know, you never forget your first love. I'm, I'm going to put that as number one. Maybe that should be a sideshow. Batman video games, dude. I was there's about, and I'm not kidding. There's dozens, like the three big ones, you know, but then there's all the Lego ones, and then there's the Injustice, you know, the Gods Among Us ones. Movie tie-ins from the early 90s. Right. Uh, they, they were, the uh, the original a, Batman video game for the Nintendo. A couple yeah. dozen of those, you yeah. know. I yeah. mean, at least, yeah, we could tell. I mean, you've probably, you've probably played a lot more than me. I mean, I played the Lego ones. I played, like, the three Lego ones. But, like, the standalone, I think there's three, sta- maybe four standalone Lego ones. There's three, oh, there's four in this latest incarnation, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham's Origin. And Knight. And then Arkham Knight. All great. And, and the thing... the and thing, Batman VR, which we haven't played. We yet. haven't played. Um, yeah, then there was a Telltale game that the boys got on one of the iPads. The thing about Arkham Asylum, it's... I can, I can start it, play it, finish it, 100% it in three hours. And I think we want to credit Arkham Asylum as the game to bring you into video games. Credit or blame. You know? But that was it. Like you ruined to- my life. Yeah. But Thanks, Chris Berrigan. I mean, it was also good timing, too, because you were, you know, early 40s or late 30s, you know, kind of getting into the midlife 40s, crisis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just became a dad, right. have a one-year-old. What better way to stay up till four in the five o'clock in the morning? But you looked at the, you, you didn't realize that video games looked like movies. I had no, I honestly, and, and I've told the story before on the show. I had to go over to our friend Chris's house. We were working on a project together, and he had a huge screen TV. I mean, like, literally, it was something out of, like, you know, like a movie. Like a bachelor with a gross-ass apartment, sparse furniture, like pizza boxes piled up and Mountain Dew boxes all over, you know, the place, and a huge TV and, the you know, a PS3. And... I had to buy one to QC Blu-ray projects that we were authoring. Uh, for those of you who aren't in the biz, QC stands for quality control. And so I remember you know, going over to Chris's house. He's playing it. And he's like, oh, you should try this. And, and when he handed me the controller, it was so much more than the one joystick and fire button, you know. Uh, yeah, you were like the monkey touching the, uh, the monolith in 2001. Yes. You're like, what? Yes. <laughs> It was, um, and, and I played it for all eight seconds. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> you know, I handed it back to him. You know, kind of contempt. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you play your little game, loser. Uh, I got a life to get back to. Yeah, I love Batman, but I got to get a life. Flash forward three months later, at more than more than one occasion, I'm like, Oh my fucking god! There's no way. There's no way that is the sun coming up. <laughs> there is no way that I'm going to get. Look at my watch. Had a one one 
15 minutes of sleep before the little guy gets up and I'm on the clock. Oh, damn it. Yes. Uh, damn you, technology. But uh, but happy birthday. You know, uh, 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 thank you to, you know, to Bob Kane and Bill Finger um, for creating the greatest superhero in the world. The end. Yeah. Well, didn't Bob... Was, it, what? So wait, what's the story with Bob Kane? I don't want to get into it now, I guess. Very, very simply, Bob Kane created Batman. Said, here's my character, Batman. And one of the other writers, you know, that he worked with came up with everything else. And I mean, when you see what Bill Finger's contribution to the Batman character, uh, uh, Robin, the car, the cowl, you go down the list, it was 20% Bob Kane, 80% Bill Finger, but Bill Finger didn't get, his family's estate didn't get credit for it. I mean, it was litigated for, honestly, decades until about three years ago. Mm. And now, like, now he, I mean, it's all retroactive. Like, so he gets a piece, his, his estate gets a piece of absolutely everything. Right. I mean, he's been dead for 30 years, but, but They put still. gold bars in his casket now? Yeah, they, they, they exhumed him, said, hey, good news. Um, but that's it. So why don't we go out on the, you know, uh, is there a better TV theme song than Batman? Perfect Strangers. I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, that's that's good. That's good. But you know. or you know what, Quincy? Yeah, go quick now now you're talking. <laughs> um I'm gonna go now. No. Uh any last thoughts? I have none. I didn't have any first thoughts. What are you talking about? Um but I'm contractually obligated to say, Jacques, please don't forget. 